and good morning, everyone. Uh, good to see you all sharing with us today, and good seeing the people connecting um, online through the chat. It's been pretty cool. Um, I want to start this morning by telling you two things about myself. Uh, one of them you might know, the other one you probably won't. Uh, firstly, uh, I'm from Ipswich, uh, just like Ashley Barty, uh, world number one and reigning Wimbledon and Australian Open champion. Um, I had to throw that in there, sorry. Uh, but the other thing you might not know about me is that when I was younger, I was hip and cool. I wonder if anyone else here was hip and cool when they were younger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, the reason that I know that I was hip and cool was that I was into music that was hip and cool. Uh, I went through a phase where I turned up, all my, turned up my nose at all the consumerist mainstream rubbish that they played on commercial radio. And instead, I was into the, you know, the cutting-edge alternative music scene. I listened to the albums, I went to the gigs, I bought the T-shirts, and I tuned into the correct radio stations. And of course, uh, a year, uh, an annual event that I look forward to uh, each year was when uh, Triple J li listeners got to vote for their best 100 songs of each year. And uh, Triple J, of course, is a radio station which prides itself on being hip and cool for young people. Uh, and they have a yearly countdown, and they call it the Hottest 100. And uh, people from all over the country vote for the song they thought was the best in any given year. And because they're hip and cool, they don't allow any mainstream rubbish in their countdown, as Taylor Swift found in 2015, but hopefully she's been able to shake it off since then. So I watched the, the Hottest 100 countdown unfold each year, and I always got very excited about how it all go, going down and all that kind of stuff, and it was all very good. And then guess what happened? No, 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 whoa, 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 just, just, just chill, chill, no, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet, Trish, we're going to get there. But then what happened was I got older, okay, and, and just between you and me, like don't tell any of the youth kids this, right, this is a, it's a bigger secret, I'm not cool anymore, okay, just don't tell them that because they think I'm okay, so keep it on the down low. And I, I don't know anything about modern music. I, I, I don't know if anyone else feels this way either, but I get the feeling that back in my day, music was good, right? And, and modern music is rubbish. Is that... Is anyone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I feel now. So imagine my surprise this week when I learned that the tr winner of Triple J's Hottest 100 of 2021, the, the best song voted by hip and cool people, and certainly not having another, you know, mainstream rubbish in it, uh, was the very alternative, cutting-edge Wiggles. The Wiggles. The children's band. The, you know, the, the, the fruit salad-eating, toot-toot, chugga-chuggering, big red carring, the waking-up-jeffing Wiggles. 2021 was certainly a very unusual year. And to prove I'm not lying, I'm going to put the song on for you, just for a bit of fun. Um, except if you're on the live stream, it, it might not work great because of copyright and things like that. But um, got some audio coming through. Um, yeah, cool. 
So, this is the Wiggles. Cool, huh? So, how did this happen? How did a bunch of children's performers in skivvies get the number one spot on a countdown for cool and hip teenagers? Uh, And most teenagers think kids' stuff is lame. Uh, And what does this have to do with the Bible anyway? Has Brendan completely lost his mind? Um, Possibly, but just hang on for a bit longer. Um, Firstly, this isn't the Wiggles song. This is a cover version they've done of another song, which was already hip hip and cool. So they were kind of cheating a little bit. Um, But they're still the Wiggles, and they're still in skivvies. And Anthony up there, he's rocking the song in the elephant costume, just to, you know... Make it very, very wiggly. And in the middle of the song, they change it up completely and they jump straight into fruit salad, yummy, yummy. You want to listen to this bit? So we got a cool bit. And then what happens next? Yeah, fruit salad, yummy, yummy. The number one song for hip and cool people. Anyway, uh, thanks guys, that's good. There's like lots of solos that come on next, which are great. Uh, but there's a bunch of reasons why this song came out on top, and I think part of the reason was that the people who are, you know, teenagers, young adults now, they grew up on this stuff. They, they grew up on the stuff in the bigger. There's, there's a nice retro feelings going on there. But I think this song's really interesting because it's written to completely different audiences, the same song. You've got the first part of the song, which is, you know, hip and cool and written to one sort of demographic. And then you've got the other part of the song, the fruit salad, yummy, yummy, which they keep bouncing back between all through it, and it's written to a different demographic. The song itself, it's one cohesive whole, but it speaks to different people in different stages of life. And that's the whole point of my unnecessarily long opener this morning, because this is just like the book of Isaiah in the Bible. And we're going to have a look at the book of Isaiah right now. And Isaiah, it's one of the longest books in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And Isaiah, he speaks the word of the Lord to the people of God and the ancient nation of Israel. But the coolest thing about Isaiah is it's got two different audiences, two different demographics, just like the Wiggles version of Elephants. It's a book in two halves, like a game of rugby league, which the Broncos haven't learned how to play like that yet. But anyway, the first half of the book is written to people in the 8th century. And, and, and the big idea of, you know, 8th century BC, sorry. And, and the big idea of the chapters 1 to 39 is God telling his people to get their act together, you know. Stop oppressing the poor, stop sinning, start living like the people of God. And do you think the people listened to the word of the God, the word of the Lord about, you know, doing the right thing? No. Therefore, what God had said to them came true, you know. Their, their city was destroyed the best people were taken away as captives into Babylon as exiles. And so, that's the first half of the book. What's the second half of the book about? And to whom was that written? That was written to the people in the 8th century BC, uh, 6th century BC, who had been exiled, who were sitting by the waters of Babylon, you know, sitting down and weeping and all that kind of stuff and being really sad about how terrible their lives were. But the book is no longer a book of judgment now. The book is a book of comfort because now the people have hit rock bottom. They realize their need for God and God's about to launch into the greatest rescue mission the world will ever see and he wants to announce it to his people. One book, two different situations, two demographics, two audiences, 
two messages, but from the one God. And so let's read some of that together. So Isaiah 1, and we're going to read the firstly the, uh, the sort of judgmenty kind of bit. So Isaiah 1, starting from verses 10 to 20, and it'll be on the screen there. It says this, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices. What are they to me? Says the Lord. I have more than enough of your of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. Come now, let's settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For God's really ripping into his people here. He addresses them as Sodom and Gomorrah, the ancient cities that were wiped out because their sin was so bad. It seems that People were pursuing their religious observance with full gusto, doing all the required sacrifices, participating in the rituals and special days and all of that. You know, they're doing that stuff. They looked good on the outside, but God doesn't look on the outside. God looks at the heart, and the heart of his people was terrible. God says that their hands are full of blood, that they continue to do evil and the wrong thing. God tells them they should seek justice for the vulnerable, the oppressed, the orphan, and the widow. Because if they do those things, what will happen? Though your sins be like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though you be like crimson, they shall be like wool. God was pleading with them to fix the error of their ways, to stop sinning, and rather than just pretending to do the right thing, actually do the right thing. And, you know, spoiler alert, they, they didn't listen to God So what God said in verse 20 is exactly what happens to these people. If you resist and you rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, which is exactly what happened. And you know what? It's it's actually easier if we just turn our worship of God into some kind of religious observance, if you know what I mean. Uh, It's much less complicated. You know, you you turn up every week and uh, we sit down and we listen to the, 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 the person speaking we sing along to the songs or you know, partake in morning tea afterwards and say the right things to other people. We can even go through the motions of being part of a home group and spending time reading the Bible and praying and uh, you know, continuing to the life of that home group. But 
These are all good things. But we can do all of those things and still be just like these people whom Isaiah was speaking to if we just go through the motions. If it's just all about doing the things, it's not pleasing God. Later in Isaiah 29, 13, Isaiah declares these words, and this is probably at the core of the issue. He says this, These people come near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have been taught. God doesn't want empty practices and rituals. God doesn't want behavior modification. God wants our hearts. Because if he has our hearts, it means our religious practices mean something. Our worship of him is good. When God has our hearts, it means that we will be sympathetic to the plight of the poor and the underprivileged around us. And we'll do something about it. If he has our hearts, it means we'll be actively repenting from the sin in our lives instead of just pretending it doesn't exist. And if God has our hearts, if, if we believe in all our heart what Jesus has done, we can be freed from our sin and forgiven. And of course, you know, if you think about it, the, the greatest commandment in the Bible, it's not a religious practice. It is love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your strength. And, and I want to give you hope this morning that if you've been acting a little bit like the nation of Israel over the last little while, you know, just going through your motions about, you know, turning up here and things like that, that uh, if you come to Jesus, if you repent of your sin and love God with all your heart, you can claim in faith the words of Isaiah's prophecy we read before, though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. And that's an incredible promise for us today. And if you need to, please, Please don't leave here today without confession and repentance and acceptance of the new life that God brings when we come before him in humility. That's the first half of Isaiah. That's what it's about. Uh, but what's the second half about? The second half speaks to people who aren't doing okay, who have had an awful time, who are without hope. It's the people who have been conquered by war and beaten down and their homes have been destroyed and they've been dragged off into a foreign land. They feel as if God has abandoned them. And this is the word of the Lord to the people who are doing it tough in Isaiah 40. So if you want to flip over, this is what it says in Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And this is a great word for so many people today. Because as I connect with people in this church and this broader community, there are a lot of people who are really struggling at the moment, struggling with illnesses, struggling with somewhere to live, struggling with unemployment, struggling with employment but things aren't going well, struggling with family, struggling with mental health, struggling all through life. And if that is you this morning, I want to declare these words of Isaiah over your life, over your situation today, because the Lord is the everlasting God 
the creator of heavens and the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. And if you're feeling weak today, or feeling like it's too hard to continue, know this. God gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Our hope is ultimately in God. Not in ourselves, not in our intellect, nor our strength, not in our bank accounts, nor in our health systems, not in our reputation, not in our network of friendships. Our hope is in God. In God we have strength enough to handle anything the world throws at us. Uh, That doesn't mean that all of our problems just go away though. That doesn't mean that we'll magically find a new house, new job, more money, be healed of whatever physical or mental condition we're facing. It means that through all our struggles, God is there with us, giving us what we need in each moment to make it through. God often chooses to save us through the storm, not to save us from the storm. Uh, To uh, Isaiah's original readers who are in exile, God didn't magically teleport them from Babylon back into Jerusalem where everything went back to how it used to be. Uh, It's very different from that. Um, Instead, the, the people gradually returned to their land and over many years, they built their home and their city again. Uh, it was a long road back. It was a hard road back. But it was a good road for them to walk. For each of us who are facing something difficult today, God might instantly make things better for us in response to our prayers. And sometimes he does. But more likely, he will slowly bring us through as we rely on him. In my experience, this is the best way for us to grow into maturity and wisdom and Christ-likeness. Your road ahead might be long, and it might be hard, but with God, it's a good road for you to walk. Um, and God will give you the strength all the way along to be able to uh, carry on. And remember, it doesn't just have to be you and God. In fact, it's much more biblical to walk this journey in community with others. Connect regularly with others in this church whether it be in a home group or for coffee or whatever, and share deeply about your journey. Pray for each other and walk each other through it. Growing to be more like Jesus works much better in community. Um, In closing, I just want to reflect on how the message of Isaiah is not the only part of the Bible which is like the Wiggles version of Elephant, which is two songs in one. Jesus captures this brilliantly in his kingdom teaching when he explains what the kingdom of God is like. He gives comfort to those who are doing it tough and gives a warning for those who are just cruising through carefree. Here's what Jesus says in Mark 6, 20 to uh, 26. Uh, Looking at his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who, are, who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice and in that day leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich. 
for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. So this morning, if you're doing it easy and just going through the motions, may you repent of the ways that you're falling short. Stop the acting, you know. God looks at your heart, so give God your heart. Because though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. And this morning, if you're doing it tough, may you know the presence of God each day as you lean on him and grow stronger through your struggle. Because God gives strength to the weak and increases the power of the weary. And if you're in a little bit of both this morning, if you are going through a rough patch and you're dropping the ball a little bit on your walk with God, may you know his comfort and forgiveness as you seek him with all your heart. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it speaks to us regardless of the situation we find ourselves in. For those of us, God, this morning who this walk with you has not been what it should be recently, uh, we pray that, uh, for, that we might be uh, sensitive to the ways that we need to uh, correct our walk, that we need to give you our heart and walk more closely with you. Thank you for your gift of forgiveness, God, which means that we can come back to you and be forgiven of the things that we've done wrong because of what Jesus did on the cross. And for those of us, God, who are doing it really tough during this time, we want to pray these words of Isaiah over them that they might experience your comfort. They may might experience your strength and they might have incredible hope in you. Thank you, God, that uh, you bring us through our situations, whether by sometimes very quickly or sometimes through a long period of just walking slowly in your direction, God. So we pray for your, your strength and your grace to be able to make that long journey. And God, as we continue as a, as a community to, to become more Christ-like each day, I just want to pray that we be more aware of the ways that we need to correct our walk and the way, more of the ways that we need to trust in you because uh, you will have us on a wonderful journey. And it may not be enjoyable sometimes, but we know it is ultimately for our best and for our growth and for our journey with you. So thank you for this time, God. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.